two thirds of the problems in marriage that are not solvable. We're gonna talk about why peace is so important in the home. Stop trying to lead and make decisions all the time. You should not be proud if you raised your voice and screamed at them. No matter what. No matter what. I'm Cass. I'm Catherine. Why am I allowing him to do this in front of our children? Why am I allowing this to happen at all? You don't get to say whatever you want to a man and push him to the point where he snaps. I might have been a really bad man the other day, but today I went out of my way to be a good man and she thanked me for it. Is that you always want to act in the direction you want to go. So. He is just a paycheck. What about his needs? We're moral marriage. Let's flip divorce statistics with the new marriage. And you're back with Moral Marriage, the podcast that is as real as it gets because we hold nothing back. We want you to know exactly the crap that we went through, how we saved our marriage, why we saved our marriage, why we didn't give up, why? Because we don't believe that you should quit like everybody else. Today, I want to talk about two-thirds of the problems in marriage that are not solvable. And I think this is such, well, it's more of an awareness podcast. I think that people think, I'm going to let you jump in, baby, because mm-hmm. this is your jam. But yeah. You know, I think that people think that they're supposed to have the answers to every single problem out there. They're supposed to, you know, I talk about hard conversations. I talk about response, not reaction. And there's so many different levels to this. But I think that if you're going into, I want to respond, not react. I want to be mature. I want to be an adult man, not an adult boy is what I mean by that. Or an adult in general. You know, you're trying. I think that too many times men expect, especially, love to hear your perspective on this. They're just going to have the answers because men try to fix everything. And half the time, or sorry, two-thirds of the time, you can't. They're not solvable problems. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit of background. So he just gave you the statistics. So this the, the number is 69% of problems are not solvable. If they're not solvable, that means that they're either perpetual or perpetual gridlocked problems. So the reason that they're gridlocked and perpetual issues is because they are somehow connected to your core values. So where I want want to go with this, though, is that if 69% are not solvable, then that means that 31% are solvable. We'll kind of talk about both sides of this. So when you're looking at solvable problems, solvable problems are not connected to your core values. But when you get into turmoil in your marriage, what happens is that everything seems insurmountable and everything, you make everything out to be bigger and nothing actually gets solved. Goosey. So <laughs> the dog is a little bit of a suck right now. Um, this isn't the German Shepherd, by the way. We know, that, we know, <laughs> we're aware that this isn't the German Shepherd. <laughs> She's down here. The morals are crazy. Yeah, we might be crazy, but we do have a German Shepherd that you just can't see. Um, anyway, so I want to address solvable problems first. In your marriage, you're going to have solvable problems that are not related to your marriage, which means there are problems outside of your marriage. These problems have the opportunity to build connection. So, for example, problems that you have at work. So we do the same thing for a living. So we're a bad example. But let's just say he's having a rough day with a client. He's really frustrated. Um, it has nothing to do with me. I can either own his problem and make it about me and then it will cause a problem with us or I can get on his team and validate what he's going through so that he feels better allow him to talk about the problem it has nothing to do with me don't own it if it has nothing to do with you and so this is actually a strategy called the stress reducing conversation where you can talk about the problems in your day with your partner and it's an opportunity to connect with each other by validating what they're going through it has nothing to do with you so that's the stress reducing conversation problems that are outside of your marriage 
solvable and it might not even get solved, but it, you're now connected and the, the problem's not a problem anymore. You can leave it at work where it belongs or wherever. Leave it at your sister's house or whatever. And some of you need to get way better at that. Yeah. Right? You just got to, you got to learn to distinguish and separate. That's probably a whole nother episode. Yeah. And this is one of the yeah. simple things. If it yeah. doesn't have to do with your husband, with your wife, do not bring it into your marriage. And when you do bring it into your marriage, which I just told you how to do that. So you don't bring the problem in, but you bring the conversation in, you connect on it. You get on the same team. You wear the same jersey. You'll hear me say that a lot. Um, the second thing is actual solvable problems. So solvable problems are problems that you don't need to make into a big deal. Um, I'll often use an example of, let's say the husband usually has, or sometimes has a business meeting on Monday night. And the wife wants to go to a yoga class on a Monday night. And they don't have childcare. Okay. This doesn't need to be a huge blow up. Because why? It's about a schedule. You need to figure out one of you needs to make a sacrifice and does he miss the meeting or do you miss the, your yoga class? Or can you move the meeting? Or can you go to a different yoga class? Or can you get a babysitter? See how many solutions there are to the problem? And I think this is really important to understand because some of you get stuck and think this is so hard. Well, it's work. It's obviously going to be work meeting first. No, it doesn't work that way because otherwise she'd never get to do anything because I can always find work. Right. Okay. So you have to understand one is not more important than the other. And providers mess this up all the time. That's the work-life balance thing, okay? Yeah, and that's just one That's one example. It's a scheduling conflict. The fact that he has a business meeting isn't a problem. The fact that she wants to go to yoga isn't a problem. The fact that they have kids isn't a problem. They're, it's a problem because there's two things happening at the same time. Get over it. Solve it. If the problem is solvable, solve the problem, okay? Now we'll address the 69% of problems that are not solvable. What you want to do here is in order to solve a problem. So we talk a lot about boundaries and boundaries are, are far overused. Boundaries should be the very last resort, the last thing that you do. So before you get to a boundary, you need to figure out what problems are you having? Why are they such big problems? So that means why are they so connected to your core values? What are your core values? You need to know what your core values are. And so that's a separate activity. But when you have problems that are perpetual, so that means they're resurfacing, they're resurfacing, they're resurfacing. So the thing I just talked about with the business meeting and the yoga, and it could be that I have a business meeting and he has a yoga class. For all of you out there, they're like, I have a job too. You don't do yoga. But for all of you out there, they're like, what if it's reversed? It doesn't matter. Solve the problem. Okay. But if it's happening all the time where I'm constantly disrespecting his schedule or he's constantly disrespecting my schedule, it's no longer a solvable, pro solvable problem. It's perpetual. It's resurfacing. It's resurfacing. It's resurfacing. There's something, there's a core value that's being violated there. Maybe it's my, val my core value for quality time with my family. Maybe it's his core value for success at work. Or maybe it's my core value for success at work. Same thing. There's somebody's core value that's being violated because there's no conversation around it. So to solve those problems, you need to have a deep understanding of where each person is in that equation. I need to understand why is it so important and why is actually an attack word. So you're not going to use the word why very often, but I, but to explain it, I need to understand why it's so important for him to have these business meetings. What is the deeper meaning? Because he wants to provide for the family, because he wants to be able to go on family vacations, because he wants to be able to pay for my, I don't do yoga either. This is just an example. Um, from old clients, actually, he wants to be able to pay for my yoga class if I'm a stay-at-home mom, which she was. Again, flip this, flip it. It doesn't matter. Why is the core value there? He didn't have money when he was a child. Maybe he. Um, there could be lots of different reasons. But until I can understand why that meeting is so important to him and why he he keeps violating my core value of quality time, you won't be able to come to a conclusion. Now, the conclusion is not solving the problem. For me, he's going to have to understand same thing. Why is my Monday night yoga class so important? 
Maybe I have body image issues. Maybe I need to go. Maybe it's not yoga. Maybe it's kickboxing. And I'm so frustrated by the kids at the end of the day that I need to punch something. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's you, um, you just use it. Like there's, there's sometimes you pick certain classes at silks, for example, or Pilates for whatever. That it's certain people there that help you. It helps me get through my. Right. Like I get, I thrive around yeah. people, and so I want to go see certain people. May, the same thing with like church things, and there's I thrive with so the right people. Could be so important, sure. On the flip side, go back to the episode we just talked about with purpose and we talked about health for a minute there. This is really important for you to reach your goals. It just it just might be, can I move my meeting yeah. using this example? Right. So you you have to come into this, guys, no matter what, with a loving, empathetic. You can't come in it's, justifying why you're so important right now. Mm -hmm. That's not how we solve problems, when they're, especially when they're not solvable. Yeah, right? we call it at the White Picket Fence Project, we call it attunement. You're attuning. So attunement can have a lot of different meanings. We mean it as listening to your partner, not even um, neutrally, not to give any sort of rebuttal. It's listening to understand, to validate, to empathize, to really get on your partner's team, attunement. So the purpose of talking about these perpetual problems is so that I can attune to him and he can attune to me. That means now we both have an understanding of like, I might be pissed off that it is a business meeting. He might be angry that why is my Pilates class so important? But when we attune to each other, he now knows that I need to see Susie because she gives me zest for life. <laughs> she, I need to go to my kickboxing I'm class. Zest for life yeah. here. Don't worry. I don't know a Susie. <laughs> I need to go to my kickboxing class because I'm going to punch somebody and it might as well be a bag. I don't do kickboxing either, but you get, you see what I'm saying. And now I understand that he really has this deep rooted desire to be able to pay for the family and to have a nicer home, whatever it is. Now you've attuned to each other. You each have an understanding of each other fists now after the punching. Um, you have an understanding of each other. Now this is when you go into the next step. Once you understand, and that's the first, we have very specific strategies on how to understand each other. This was just really a, a condensed version. Once you have an understanding, you have the ability to compromise. I have a very specific way of teaching compromise. When you compromise, you don't need to compromise equally because one of you is going to be more emotionally mature than the other, usually. We're pretty even because we we have both done the work. But whoever is watching this, if you're the one working on yourself, you probably have a higher level of emotional maturity. You probably also have a, um, a bigger capacity to compromise and sacrifice. Either way, whether you're the same or whether you're vastly different, you have the opportunity to come together now that you've attuned to each other's situation and you have empathy, he now understands that I'm not trying to take his time away from work. I'm just trying to take care of myself because I'm a better wife and a better mother. I'm not trying to tell him he can't work. I'm just, I was trying to understand his desire for work because I don't have the same core values. So now you see what each other's core value is. I'm doing this because in activity, it's a circle. So you write down your core values in this little circle. And then you say, okay, what can I sacrifice? What can I sacrifice? And then you both write the flexible areas. So you do not sacrifice a core value. So if my core value is I need to go to practice my aerial silks once a week, let's say. I like to go three times a week, but let's just say one for this. The I like to practice once a week. That's my core value. I'm not going to go less than once a week. What am I flexible on? I could be flexible on maybe I don't need to go a Monday night at seven o'clock. Maybe I don't need to go when unless the kids are in preschool. Um, maybe I can go to a different studio. We don't have a different studio, but maybe I can go to a different studio that's closer. Where can you be flexible around that thing that you need to do? Maybe I can go meet Susie for coffee because I was actually just going to see Susie. Whatever it is, you find your core value and what are the flexible areas? Same with him. Well, your core value is that you need to have this weekly meeting. Well, maybe you're flexible on when. Maybe you're flexible on how long it is. Maybe you're flexible on if you can meet with people one-on-one. -on -one. But the point is, 
the flexible areas are the areas that you sacrifice. The end, so the end result is not, you haven't solved the problem. What you've done is you've managed the problem. You've navigated the problem. You've each sacrificed. You've each compromised. The biggest, uh, I'd say, benefit to this is now you're attuned to each other. So you're empathizing and you're understanding of each other's situation. And now what you're doing is you're managing conflict, which means now you're asking of each other to be flexible in these areas. You're recognizing where you can sacrifice. You're recognizing. And now you hold each other accountable. The last step would be the boundary conversation. If you are continuing to violate each other's core values, and you violate it once, it doesn't mean you set a boundary. Maybe he forgot how important Susie was to me. Maybe he forgot that that class was only at 7 p.m. He forgot. He's human. I forgot that Joe couldn't make the meeting at any other time. I'm not violating his core values if I forgot. So you remind. If it's a continual, continual violation after you've compromised, after you have a great understanding of each other's core values, that's when you can put a boundary in. And a boundary is to protect your core values. It's not to punish your partner. It's to protect my desires and my needs that I have said, this is what I'm going to stand for. Same with him. And then there's a consequence to it. But the consequence, again, is to make yourself safe, to, to protect your core values. So in that big 69% of problems that are not solvable, you can see how you can learn to live with those problems. Now it doesn't even feel like a problem because yes, it's perpetual. It's going to continue to happen, but where, what can we change so that we can navigate it? That's right. And you'll get really good at this. Most of it won't even feel like a problem when things are off because schedule is like the easiest example, I think, you know, and a schedule is the solvable one. That, that's right. And, but then if you start to look at a lot of the, just the ways that you interact in life, okay. The way you're doing things with roles at home, for example, Maybe goals are going to shift because now you're saving for a house, like whatever it is. Okay. When you start to do that and let the solvable problem, I'm oh, sorry, not non-solvable problem with budget is as such, it can be solvable, but can also not be solved. That's why I love this example. At the end of the day, when you get really good at this, guys, it, it, you say it to me and I, I say a team, man, like you're a team. I like that. So just do it, get together and make it happen because it doesn't feel like work when you start to be in tune with each other because you are a team. You're literally thinking about your partner, right? If I'm making meetings, I know I was going to join a network recently and I was like, I can't seven in the morning. That's when she wants me to get off whatever I'm doing with work. Cause I'm by seven, I've done all my stuff in the morning. I'm working. She needs help with the kids. She wants me to be involved so that, that, that uh, like there's nothing else on the go. So that no matter what's going on in the morning, screaming or super tired, he's been sick for a while, you know, like, no he's he's that, he's I'm there for me to right? get the kids ready for school between seven and eight. That's what you're saying because that's, that's I've right. I've asked for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not ideal for me. I'm already like in the thick of it now. I get up at four thirty and I'm in the thick of it by seven in the morning. But the thing is, you just make adjustments and it doesn't feel like work because we're back to being a team and understanding each other's core values. That's right. So that um, that's a really good example because I really struggle if I have in that specific hour. If it's before seven a.m., I'm good. By the time 8 a.m. hits, I'm good because I'm just wrapping everything up. But that hour is when everything needs to be done. And I feel very alone if he's not with me. So me being able to express my core value of wanting to feel like a team, wanting to be able to keep uh, as much calm, because I'm not calm if I do it on my own between <laughs> 7 and 8. It's a, it's chaos in here. But I have core value that I want to be a calm, non-screamy mother, which I fail at a lot. But he, he understands my core value. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a peaceful mom. I want to be able to get things done in a peaceful manner. And so he sacrifices that hour. He'll get it done at a later time. He's not giving it up completely to be able to help me because he recognizes what my core value is. That's it's a right. really good example because it's not easy for him to, to sacrifice that one hour. It's, and it certainly isn't. Not only am I in the thick of it, but also because that's when I have people around the world that I need to speak with. It's just a really good time because they're 9, 10, 12 hours ahead of me, right? 
So it just is what it is, guys. Become a team. Get an attainment with your partner. I love that. And rock and roll. Attainment. I'm stealing it. You can. Okay, let's move on to the next episode. See you guys. See you guys.